calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. It's an exciting day. It's a big day, Jenny. It's an exciting freaking day, okay? Prom is back. Buffy Prom 2024 is happening in Brooklyn. Prom proper, our 90s dance party extravaganza, will be happening on Saturday, April 20th. That's 420 at Brooklyn's <laughs> Bell House. Dancing, yay, music, yay, fun. Hooray! Yeah, Yeah, we can't stay away from the Bell House. We can't. Um, We love it there. But this year, prom is not just prom. Let let us tell you about the beautiful prom witch that we have created. uh, Yes, our prom weekend. It is a prom witch on uh, trivia and Buffy watch bread, if you will. Uh, I will. This is... Uh, a weekend affair. It begins Friday, April 19th. We are doing, for the first time ever, Buffy Trivia. Uh, we're <gasps> hosting it at a fantastic woman-owned brewery in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, called Talea. Uh, Jenny, I didn't even tell you this yet, but last night I hung out with Joanna Robinson. And let me tell you what, Joanna Robinson is like, see you at Trivia. Can I help? I would like to... Joanna Robinson, (laughs) all she wants to do is participate in Buffy Trivia and help us out because she fucking loves games. And no one games better than Joanna Robinson, honestly. (laughs) Uh, Not an official announcement, but, you know, I have a feeling Joanna might have her hands in this one. Buffy Trivia, Friday, April 19th. Then after we dance and dance and dance the night away on the 20th at prom at the Bell House, Jenny, on the 21st, we're all going to roll in in our sushi pajamas, return to the Bell House, and watch two fan-selected episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer all together in a little afternoon pile. Popcorn will be popped. We will, uh, you and I, at the very least, will have hot mics in hand in case we have any commentary we would like to add as the episodes play. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty excited. I think it's going to be really, really fun. We're doing some stuff we haven't done before. I think it's going to be a real hoot. Uh, And prom is always a good time. Oh, my God. What am I going to wear? I got to start thinking about it now. Now. Ah. Now. So we don't have to scramble. Also, now we need three outfits. (laughs) No. Um, listen, you can, if you are a patron, you can grab a ticket now. Uh, tickets went up for pre-sale today at 10 a.m. Actually, you might be listening to it. It might not even be 10 a.m. yet. So if it's not 10 a.m., go sit by your computer, wait till 10 a.m. 
Uh, get Eastern. that presale code Eastern, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, get that presale code from our Patreon. All of our patrons get that presale code 10 a.m. today, December 7th, Thursday. Tomorrow, Friday, December 8th at 10 a.m. Eastern, tickets will go on sale for the public. There are two ticket tiers. The first ticket is for prom and prom alone, uh, just coming to Saturday night. And the VIP ticket, which they are limited, uh, gets you into all three events. And Jenny, honestly, maybe the thing I'm excited about the most is that for the first time, we're going to have prom laminates. So if you have a (gasps) VIP ticket, you get a laminate that gets you into all... Three events, which makes me feel like we're actually we're we're legit. Legitimate. Yeah. 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 Finally, at long sweet last, we are (laughs) we really exist. All of this information can be found at bufferingcast.com slash prom. Scoot on over there. If you have questions, if you have concerns, you can always reach out. Hello at bufferingcast.com. It's gonna be a good time, especially if you want to snag one of those entry to three all three event tickets. We highly encourage you to get on over there and get that pre-sale code. Um, we're very excited. This is, we were supposed to have prom at the Bell House and the year was 2020. And Jenny, we did not have prom in the year 2020 for reasons that need not be mentioned. <laughs> so um, we're pretty excited to return to our home city and to prom the night yes. away with all of you. So beautiful. Can't wait. Et cetera. While we're here and before we get into Slayers, I also just want to let everyone know uh, if you, like me, have done none of your holiday shopping, uh, the deadline is really approaching for shipping. So uh, (laughs) we have a lot of really fun merch in the store right now. All of this is at BufferingCast.com. Just click on shop. We've got a holiday ornament that says tis the season, whatever that means. We've got uh, the, the time is what turns Kittens into Cats hoodie now on a black zip-up hoodie with white ink. If you're a hoodie nerd like Jenny and I are, I'd like to let you know these are printed on Gildan hoodies. They're pretty awesome. Um, And there's tons of stuff in the store that will satisfy all of the nerds in your life uh, if you still have to get those gifts. Hooray. All right, Jenny, let's go. Let's go talk about a little episode uh, of Slayers, a Buffyverse story. Let's do it. me, William Pratt. Hear me, you who were once called Spike. Hear me, killer of slayers, prince of liars, hell's own poet. I am Indira, the true queen of black magic. I call on the spirit of William the Bloody. I summon you to manifest in flesh once more, vampire incarnate. Rise and serve me. Rise and kill the witch who falsely claims my title and throne. to Buffering the Vampire Slayer Thunderclap! Huge audience applause! The stadium goes wild! A podcast where we are watching and well, we were watching and discussing (laughs) every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer famously, uh, but then we finished. Uh, So so now we are listening to and and discussing Slayer's a Buffyverse story one episode at a time, spoiler free. 
I am hell's own poet, Jenny Owen Youngs. God fucking damn it. The the less prepared we are as a duo, the more dramatic Jenny's introduction becomes. That's what I've decided. That's the graph. Who am I? I'm Kristen Russo. Joining me live today is the Prince of Lies, Kristen Russo. Wow. I don't know why I felt honored by being named the Prince of Lies. I think it's because I got Prince and I like always get some kind of feminine title. So I I was like, nice. I also I just installed a dishwasher by myself. I haven't turned it on yet, but like it probably works. So I feel Mighty and powerful in all realms, except for this one where I have to talk about this episode of Slayers. And I am 90% prepared compared to my usual 210%. Kristen, I have nothing but absolute faith in you. Uh, Anyway, we are discussing the sixth episode of Slayers today. And uh, this is the one where Indira and Spike do a play, a little play at the stage called Alternate Dimension Spike's Grave. Mm -hmm, Uh, It's mm -hmm. the one where Bang tricks Tara (gasps) and uh, combines forces with Cordelia. (gasps) It's the one where Clem ate a lion and has some hairballs. Ugh. Ugh. Can I anything say, I'm anything yuck. big that I'm missing? Who knows? Not us. I'm sure we'll get there. <laughs> uh, this episode was written and directed by Amber Benson and Christopher Golden, and it was co-directed and produced by Casey Wayland. It originally aired in a full season binge drop on October twelfth, twenty twenty three. Back when Jenny was only 41 and I was 42, Ugh. and now we're the both good old 42. days. <laughs> not, much, not for too much longer, Kristen. Um, not for too much longer, but I, I savor every morsel. All right, Jenny, what are your big feelings? I wrote a little paragraph because <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, g- because I feel like after we taped the last episode, I felt like I had. Uh, voiced some things that I was feeling like wibbly about, mm-hmm. but then I had not voiced too strongly uh, the things that I was feeling really good about or something. Mm-hmm. Things mm-hmm. felt out of balance and I wanted to like uh, do a little like clarification. Cool. If I may. I, I uh, allow it. Prince okay. of Lies allows it. Thank you. And how can I trust you? <laughs> I'm having fun listening to this show. Just in case anybody felt like I wasn't having fun, I'm having fun. Uh, I feel like when we talk about Buffy, I have so much to draw on because I have watched the series a zillion times and Mm. I have, you know, I have like my favorites and I know the whole are, I know where we're going and I know where we've been and, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, When we talk about this series, I feel like I'm still figuring out how I feel while we're taping and beyond. Yeah. Um, So I don't always say like everything that I'm thinking and I, I don't always feel like we wrap up the episode and I'm like, yes, I said everything I meant to say and at, to the direct, uh, like the exact level that I wanted to say it. And blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, So I just wanted to look back on last episode and say how much I really loved Cordelia getting emotional such as she is able slash staying numb with Indira during their conversation. Um, and that is the stuff that is so... That to me is like the true 
if the Buffyverse was a tomb, okay. uh, that kind of content is the the gem of Amara concealed within, and it must be brought forth and and brought into the light so that it can shine and um, mm-hmm. glow and protect us. Uh, that is what I long for. That's the heart of the Buffyverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, vampires and demons are sexy and fun, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole point of the show is a girl, her friends, their loves, their losses. Mm-hmm. And when we're digging into that stuff, I'm the most excited about this series. When we are getting our hands dirty in the hearts and minds of the characters that we love and the characters that we're meeting for the first time, too. Um, and I feel like even Buffy, the television show, struggled to find the right balance of horror and comedy and camp and drama, particularly in its first season. So I just wanted to like ign- say all of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, say, you know, there, ha- there have been some like real <sighs> devastating and heartbreaking moments already in this series. Um, there have been some some real incredible moments and I'm looking forward to more of them. And I just wanted to say all of that because uh i think a lot pretty much anytime i do or say anything in front of anyone else i spend the rest of my life lamenting uh (laughs) what i have said and done and fearing that i perhaps may may have uh, misrepresented my own heart so i just wanted to say all of that um because i can because i have this microphone and we're in charge I think um, well said, first of all, and I think mm. that that I think that's the reason that podcasting is my favorite thing, like my <laughs> thing fav- to do, but not listen to. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, no, l- sh- listen, shut up. Uh, by, it's okay. Like, I just think that it is a medium that allows for things to be a conversation more than many of the other mediums that we frequent. Uh, I think that when I, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but when I do, I don't feel like, I usually don't feel like someone is giving their absolute final statement on a thing. It feels like I'm kind of listening into a conversation uh, that is ongoing. And that's why I like, I like it here better than most other places. Um, Mm. Because a lot of other places, I think it's very easy to be like, and that's what that person thinks in like very black and white Mm. terms. Whereas mm-hmm. spaces like these, I think, you know, we're thinking in real time. We're not scripted. Uh, we have some notes. We have some thoughts. But then, like, once we're once we hit record, it's sort of, you know, whatever happens, happens. And uh, I think that, Jenny, you and I are both fairly good at thinking out loud. But I don't think anybody's perfect at it. So, yeah. Anyway, I agree with all of your <sighs> thoughts. Um, I do think that the. Cordelia and Dira of it all is one of my favorite parts. In this episode, there is a moment um, where Giles talks about this Anya having the same heart as his Anya. That's the shit that I'm here for, too. That you know, yeah. And I love that. There's some of the fun stuff that is like, fucking yes, love it. It's such a good time. Ghost Jonathan maybe top among them at this point in the journey. But um, but yeah, I agree with you, and I and I am excited to hear more in those storylines and and get more into those bits because, yeah, because of everything you said, I don't have to say it again. Well, 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 look well, at us. Well, well. 
So, Jenny, last week we opined that perhaps Spike didn't have a previously on monologue at the top because we were in an alternate dimension. But actually, that's not at all the reason, um, because we're in an alternate dimension still. And this is the his his voiceovers or his previously ons have all been in the alternate dimension from inside a sarcophagus. Yeah. So now that he's out of the sarcophagus, will there now be no more previously? But what was the significance of there being no previously last time? Last time. Exactly. I wonder. I haven't thought it through, but it is fun that he's just been in there fucking talking through everything that's happened for the last six episodes of Slayers of Buffyverse story from inside of the sarcophagus of uh, alternate reality Spike. Listen, sometimes about a month ago, I was uh, driving somewhere with Frank. We were in the car for about 20 minutes and I spent that entire 20 minutes explaining to Frank the intricacies of my current uh, financial situation. I was talking to him about like, you know, um, (laughs) Retirement savings and uh, stock portfolios and, <laughs> and lack uh, student debt <laughs> and uh, high interest, hard quotes, savings accounts. And, mm-hmm. you know, we I, it helped me to say all of that stuff out loud to Frank. I felt like I had like clarity afterwards, even though obviously Frank has n- absolutely nothing to contribute. It's true. Journaling via Frank and Spike is sort of journaling via sarcophagus. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Spike Cordy stuff that happens in here, but first I just have a question for you where there's a there's a moment when Spike is doing his voiceover. It's actually it's after he gets through his previously ons in, in completion, but it's right after it. And he it, it says, I did find a gorgeous leather duster. This world Spike turned to ashes, so I guess they buried his coat in his place. Fits like it was tailor made for me. The line is so confusing to me because it sounds like our Spike doesn't have his leather duster or didn't. You know what I mean? Like it just it just was odd that it like it wasn't like, oh, and this Spike also had a leather duster. What are the odds? Or like, I, I don't know how that hit you, but I just was confused by it a bit. Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, that didn't catch my ear. So much like it felt like a little like, hmm, but but mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking like, oh, he doesn't have a duster. I just like thought it was just like a little bit like oddly placed said or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I want to. So, OK, so Latoya uh, gives gives us notes every episode that we do um, because she rules and her input she's is wise. Fucking perfect. Um, and she said. How do you all feel about Spike being into this version of Cordy? My thoughts, Latoya's thoughts, is nothing sacred. You know I'm not a Spike (laughs) Buffy shipper, but it feels like it then makes it more like Spike was only into Buffy because she was a slayer, not because she was Buffy. Um, And I find this interesting. Well, I, I, I guess it just made me ask some questions to myself about Spike in general, because... I do think that Spike is kind of into like any powerful woman, like just as a baseline. Fair. And I do think that with Buffy, there was something different, but I do think that like he would be into, he was probably into Cordelia in his universe. Like we didn't ever explore that, but 
you know, like we didn't exp- we explored it as a podcaster, sure, <laughs> but you know, we didn't get to explore it in the show universe. But I think it makes sense. I don't know that I need them to spend the time on it that they're spending unless they are deciding to give us Spordelia at some point. I don't know. I mean, it's like obviously we all know Cordelia is hot. Um, and clearly Spike is a sexual being. <laughs> Perhaps one of the most sexual beings. Yeah, yeah. And he has a history of being into strong women, for sure. Um, but I think I think Latoya asks a fair question. Is nothing yeah. sacred? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, you, you know... know I was going to say, you know, who wouldn't hit on Cordelia Angel? And I was like, wait, wait. (laughs) Now, see, I think that, you know, I take Morgan's doo-doo-doos and uh, Mm. put them over in the Cordy Angel bin because that's a relationship that I fucking love. Cordy Angel? Cordy Angel. And I'm so, I mean, that's for another podcast. Angelia? (laughs) I'm sure we've had this exact exchange before. <laughs> but it's and, still you know, satisfying. Angelina Jolie. Is it their ship name Angelina Jolie? Yes. Somehow. Um, all right. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely think that Spike would have a crush on Cordelia. Or not a crush, but, like, Spike would want to make out with Cordelia. Clearly. I just don't know that I am, like, needing to necessarily hear him ruminate on it at this stage. I would, like, maybe I'm mad because my ability to ship the thing that's not in the text is now in the text. And I'm like, well, now what am I going to talk about, you know? <laughs> anyway. Uh, I love the image of ghouls digging themselves out of their graves. I guess when you think about it, it's, like, probably similar to like what Buffy does at the beginning of season six. But in my mind, I was somehow picturing their arms being above the dirt and then digging downwards. It doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, physically. We don't know what a ghoul looks like. Maybe they have extendo arms, you know. They could have extendo arms. We definitely know that they are gossipy bitches, but are they smug? It's a good question. It's hard. You know, I just realized that for me... Uh, smug might be more of a visual clocking than anything else. More of a, uh, you have to be an eight-year-old girl. (laughs) If you're an eight-year-old ghoul, smug, (laughs) smug bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We also, it bears mentioning that uh, we fleetingly hear that Cordelia had a meeting earlier. Chekhov's Cordelia's meeting. (laughs) Um... We go to the cemetery. Uh, we hear Cordy and Indira chatting about the ghouls. We learn that Night of the Living Dead never made it to this universe, which is interesting. Um, and we, of course, learn that Indira's bright idea at the end of the fifth episode is uh, they are doing it. There are fake occult symbols. You really, in this universe, I'm sorry, but you don't want to fuck around with fake occult symbols on the ground. Do you remember what happened in Fear Itself? Like, Why take the chance? All fun and games until somebody cuts their hand and a drop of blood falls on the fake occult symbol. (laughs) And then, you know. Um, But they're going to, we started the episode with Indira's incantation to resurrect William Pratt uh, Spike from his death and it is we started with the clip 
A, because it's one of the cornerstones of the episode, of course, that like Spike is now pretending that he's alternate reality Spike resurrected, but B, because Leia is, in my opinion, the MVP of this fucking cast. I mean, she is... I just don't understand it even. I don't understand how so much emotion can be conveyed and not so much emotion, but so many emotions, so many different things can be conveyed in an audio medium. And she does it with a skill that I think is unmatched. Um, this monologue is hilarious. And she, um, you know, says rise and kill the witch who falsely claims my title and throne as the universe uh, seems to conspire with her thunder cracking rain falling. Yeah, what do you think that's about? That can't be good. <laughs> it works really well for their play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, I think uh, James is turning it in here as well. I am resurrected. The I am resurrected to make sure that all the ghouls hear exactly what is happening. Is Yeah, it's good. It's very Spike, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? Very, very good. Uh, and the ghouls do what they were meant to do. They gossip. Ghoulsip. Oh, boy. I know. It wasn't there, but, you know. Like I said um, at the top of the podcast, this is a place for workshopping and for conversation. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And, you know, in the first episode, we talked about some, like, some accents that were deployed to, I think, make the, the bar feel big and to make it feel like very identify like to help us identify this is a different demon than that demon and that demon and that demon. the ghouls have a bouquet of accents uh that really just really got to me like they really found a place in my heart i love these ghouls but i'm also like where did they live all of their lives that <laughs> oh, they have these accents. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm picturing them being having been buried in Sunnydale. Sunnydale. And I'm just curious. Sunnydale, a lot of international, uh, you know, travel headed. There's to some. And there's definitely Sunnydale. some international. Then there's just some sort of like Muppety <laughs> kind of guys that I also love. Uh, I'm feeling it. I, I know last episode I was skeptical of ghouls being brought into things, but I love how they're used in this episode. I recently watched an episode or two of uh, the cartoon Gummy Bears. Um, bouncing <gasps> bouncing A here, B there, C everywhere, D all, all of the above. All of the above. <laughs> and um, there are like these little ogre troll guys in that show. And that is, even mm. though that is, they are decidedly not ghouls. The uh, voice work done by the ghouls really brings that visual to my mind. I also really enjoy the ghouls and all of their nonsense. <laughs> we um, we go back to the zoo the last time we were here. Papyanka was fleeing through the bars, leaving Giles and Clem behind. Clem specifically in the lion's den. And we learn that Clem ate the lion. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta. He's and so he feels just sick about it. Yeah, he's upset because he's been, you know, I mean, he's trying to not eat kittens and he has been clean for three years and he feels that this is 
taken away that clean record, Giles is very nice and assures him that it was self-defense. This does not count. Um, <laughs> Clem is sort of like spends the rest of the episode trying to digest a lion unsuccessfully, you know? Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Uh, Giles really does sound like Grandpa Giles. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like very like, oh, where am I? Uh he sounds like he should be running a bookshop in England with Olivia and drinking tea. How many donuts out do you here? think Olivia has eaten by now? Oh my god! Don't even make me think about it. I want the donuts. <laughs> uh, this this scene between Clem and Giles ends in the place that I mentioned at the top, um, where Clem is basically like, "Hey, Giles, you remember that this is not like your Anya, right?" And he says, "I believe she has the same good heart." And then he says. sorry, got me when I looked back down at my scripts. I let her down in my world. I'm not going to allow anything to happen to her a second time. Um. Obviously, the, like, Justice for Cordelia arc is embedded deeply in this show, um, and there's something very powerful about hearing Giles talk about how he feels remorse and guilt about what happened to Anya inside of the universe because obviously Mm. most of us for reasons uh, some similar and most very different from Charisma and Cordelia were really devastated by the way that Anya's death was treated in Buffy Um, and it's just it's really powerful to hear like not Tony Head talk about how, like, he wished that Emma Caulfield's death was treated differently, but to hear Giles talk about Anya's death in this, like, universe that is ours. So I like it. It made me emotional. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing further to add, Your Honor. <laughs> Shall we go to the magic box? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what? Okay, so something that is funny to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> something I don't quite understand, and maybe I'm forgetting something, and maybe you'll remember and will educate me. Okay, so Tara's all, I'm here for a book, and Anya's like, over my dead body. And then Anya says, the real Tara would never resort to physical violence. Um, why would... If you're talking to Dark Tara, mm-hmm. why would she care? Yeah, this reminds I mean, me of when <laughs> I was in seventh grade and then someone rudely pushed past me. I like when Jenny poses me. something as a question, but it's actually <laughs> just a segue to a story that she wants to tell. No, 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 no. This is the, the, the question truly came first. And it just as I was saying, it kind of reminded me of when I was like a seven, seventh grade little dork and like a bigger kid pushed me in the hallway and I was like, real polite. Like, <laughs> as though that would have any impact, you know? Uh, I just- Oh, tiny Jenny screaming that or shouting that in the hallway is so endearing and wonderful. Yeah, right before I like banged an illegal U-turn. <laughs> Can um, I wait? Can I tell you one story? You just reminded me of uh, people in middle school and high school that we know now. And I just learned a story about my current wife, Avanti, from high school that's really funny. And it's not even about anything she did. She just 
she was voted class clown um like in in high school like that that was like the superlative that she got she was like very mm-hmm. quiet and then in 10th grade she like opened her mouth and people thought it was funny and then she just was funny all the time okay, anyway okay. that's not the point she got voted class clown but jenny in her class was an, an actual clown a girl that was like a clown whose parents were both clowns they were in a troop of clowns and she was so mad that Avanti got class clown because she was literally a clown she was uh studied in the clowning arts yeah so i'm sorry you just picturing you in seventh no, grade no, reminded no, no. me that um avanti also once was in seventh grade and then in high school and then i thought of that clown story um i'm so sorry <laughs> One thing leads to another. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the core, <laughs> the core uh, question at the heart of this moment in our podcast is: sometimes people say things to ostensibly dark Tara mm-hmm. that dark Tara has. They have no reason to expect dark Tara to give a shit. No, about whether I, real Tara would resort to physical violence. I think that Anya knows or guesses but I think she knows that it's not all dark Tara at this point especially I mean later we hear I think right Anya talking to uh, yeah when when Tara is talking about Kurgan or talking as Kurgan um and she's like Kurgan is not controlling me Uh, this is like all me and Anya's like no I've like I know this and Kurgan is controlling you so I think that Anya believes that there's a a place to reach the Terra that she knows. Yeah. I think I'm trying to remember. This is like this is a symptom of not knowing this series like the back of my hand. I'm yeah. trying to remember if there have been scenes when they've been together where Terra, like the Terra Duckin, has delayered itself, and uh, true Terra has been like, "Brah, yeah, I'm I- in here." Even if we haven't seen it or heard it, I should say, I would I would think that we could extrapolate that it has happened because we know that the only reason that Tara is not killing Anya is because there's still a part of good Tara there. Right, 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 right. And then also inexplicably in a similar way, ostensibly dark Tara is like, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's because of me. That you're not in a dungeon, having the magic leached out of you. So you should say thank you, and I will once again not kill you. I will once again <laughs> let you live. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I know we're we're positive, positive. There's a lot of positive, but this scene has a moment that really like rubbed me the wrong way and is like I think some of the things I'm struggling with the most is like represented by this. Which is that Tara goes into the magic shop to find this book from Giles, right? As a listener, I think all I really need to know is that Tara found the book. I don't know that I would need to know why, but she has this line. I only remembered it where the book was because I did an inventory last year to see what could be sold to raise money to keep the lights on here. I don't understand why, like, that's a moment, that's a beat where I'm like, I think I'm good with just like, did you find the book or did you not find the book? I don't think I need to know why. Or like, because it feels like it's there to make sure we know there is a reason why Tara knows it's there. And I don't, I don't think as a listener, I need to know. We know Anya and Tara owned the magic uh, box together. We know, you know what I mean? So like, I could extrapolate that and like, um, fill in the blanks, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, I agree. I mean, I think it's like it's a tricky thing to walk the line of of you know uh, building a world or extending a world in a way you know where like you know where all the pieces are and then deciding which pieces you know are, are most necessary like m- must be communicated or shown mm-hmm. to the audience and which pieces can just sort can, of like be yeah. self-evident totally or totally or transparent um also you know i just think i answered one of our questions about if anya has heard any other versions of tara because there is a moment after kurgan um after Kurgan takes over and then good Tara says something, Anya actually says, you're not alone in there, are you? It's not just a curse. It's a possession. So that line is is there. And I think it is the first time that Anya has like confirmation. Uh, of okay. Spell. So are we to understand that dark Tara is Kurgan, but then sometimes Kurgan is just extra Kurgan? Yeah. Kurgan squared. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Extreme sort of like Kurgan. Kurgan has an influence over Tara, but then also can just now at this point just actually speak Pop as goes himself. the weasel. Yeah. Um Okay. Well, don't worry, because Jasper's here. We can hear him. He's yipping in the distance. Certainly we're excited because here comes Jack. That's on Yanka. That's on Yanka's okay. body and Jasper's inside of it. Okay, Jasper is inside of Anyanka's body, and Anyanka is inside of Jasper's body. We are, uh, I, I believe the script sometimes at least refers to, okay, we've got Pup Yanka, mm-hmm. body of a puppy, voice of Anyanka. Yes. And then we've got barking Anyanka, uh, body of Anyanka, <laughs> voice of Jasper. <laughs> yeah. This is a place where I'm so sad we don't have the visual, honestly, because show me on Yanka, but as Jasper, you know what I mean? Like, I want to see it. Like, the yeah. lines work for me here. No licking. That's just gross. Like, thinking about on Yanka yeah, licking yeah, on yeah. yeah. Freaky fry fun. dog. Freaky fry dog. Very, very good. Um, Kristen, let me ask you this. Uh, fuck, Mary kill. Oh, God. Pop Yanka. Barking on Yanka, and a double of your own body with Frank's voice. <laughs> what the fuck, Jenny? <laughs> Pup Yanka. Okay. Well, okay. No, I'm not. Don't, this is. Don't no, answer this. I'm not going to fuck myself. At least that's none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uh, definitely going to uh, then have to sleep with. Pup Yanka, because Pup Yanka is at least in the body of a human. No, no, Pup Yanka is a dog oh, with shit. the voice of, Take it back. of a demon. I meant barking okay. on Yanka. We need a new. We need a new version of this game that's appropriate for animal. Yeah, because barking. <laughs> Listen, Jenny, barking on Yanka cannot consent to me, but also, oh my pup, god, Pup Yanka Adopt. can, but I don't think that's appropriate. Adopt kennel euthanize <laughs> oh my god no i'm walking out the room that's it We're honestly <laughs> me too i don't know how i got in here but i've been possessed by kurgan 
Uh, but now I'm, I'm liberated <laughs> again from his evil influence, and I won't be asking any more questions like the ones that preceded. Oh, my God. At least I got the chance to say inside of podcast, I, I don't want to fuck myself. So happy <laughs> I had that opportunity. <laughs> Can't wait till we get to the sexual tension awards. <laughs> Okay, uh, over to Drusilla's. Okay, so um, I opined to Jenny before we start recording that Drusilla and Bang banged Brusilla, if you will. Uh, Do you think that Drew named her Ms. Bang after their encounter? Like she <laughs> had a different name before. Yes, I do. Um, but yeah, I think that these two have banged um, because, okay, two things, actually. Uh, Drusilla has a line. Drusilla has lines that are so Drusilla and I like the writing is great in this but also like I there's just a part of me that's like does Juliet Landau just like sit down and be like but also you know what I mean like does she have any input in any of these lines um Mm. but she says mine is a dead black heart but it always feels alive when it's breaking that's beautiful Sounds like a line straight out of a William the Bloody poem. Alright, so Drew sired Bang. It was the best night of Bang's life. I think that they fucked, banged, whatever. And then they have this conversation about Tara. Does Tara actually love Drusilla? And Bang says, I think that she loves you as best as she can. And vice versa. And vice versa. Uh, Drusilla left Bang in an iron box at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean for 43 years. Do you think that her box was next to Angel? She was near Angel. (laughs) Yeah. Like, if only they gave them a couple of little side windows, they could have, like, at least waved to each other in their little boxes at the bottom of the Pacific. How many vampires do you think are chained in a box at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean right I now? I think a lot of them. And what the maybe an even more important question that you're not asking is what, like, when you picture Drusilla on a boat with, I mean, her minions are, like, doing the sailing, no mm-hmm. doubt. But what's Drusilla wearing? Is she standing at the big wooden steering wheel? Does she have a little captain's hat? Uh, does she have a little like n- naval ensemble? Uh, like, I want, what does she have going on? I want to play this game with you, except for in my heart of hearts, I believe that Drusilla has never been on a boat in her fucking life. I just can't see <laughs> yeah, it. She was I, just like, take care of it, take, minions. Yeah, <laughs> take, take the boat and go. I just okay. only picture her below ground. So I guess if at most she's in full Drusilla where underneath the boat, like she's in, she's below deck. Perhaps she's put one of her dollies up above deck and it has a little captain's hat on. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Oh, what about like like real like our flag means death era pirate garb? Yeah. I just like I could see her wearing it just the not on tail a coat. Not on a boat. I'm like don't... a tri corner hat and an eye patch. No. And no. I just can't do it. I'm I don't mean to shut you down. I really should be yes anding you right now. I know it, but I cannot bring myself to imagine Drusilla on a boat. It doesn't work for me. 
All right, moving on. Or email us at hello at BufferingCast to please let us know if you think Drusilla has been on a boat and if so, what she was wearing, you know? Oh, yeah, do let us know. I'm I'm not your only friend. I might be your best friend, but I'm not your only friend. Well, I would say that I'm your best friend and that you're my good friend, if pressed. Um, A lot of talk of kneeling when uh, Tara arrives and uh, how everyone feels about kneeling and positions and things and this once again just seems like absolutely none of my business yeah it's none of our business but in case it's some of yours here's a clip from drusilla maybe you should kneel after all not because of the queen bit i just like you down there you know who else's business it's none of the minions they're seeing themselves out i love that i love this is like I feel like when I watched Game of Thrones was like the f- a time at least I remember being like, wow, in Game of Thrones, the guards just have to like stand outside the door while people are fucking, like making sure oh, yeah. that they're okay while people are fucking. Like, what a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, Drusilla finds out, nobody kneels, by the way. There's a lot of uh, fucking, a lot of sexy talk and then a fight, you know, queer culture. Talking about mm-hmm. sex, talking about having sex, but then somebody fucking says something wrong and then nobody's having sex and said no. we're arguing. You didn't. You went to see Anya. She went to see Anya. I really wish they ramped up the jealousy. I mean, because it's here. Drusilla is jealous. So I wish that I also wish that they had not talked about what exactly the relationship between Anya and Tara was, that they were just friends, just friends, just friends. Because oh, they were just friends. They, I, I don't know if you heard, Jenny, but they were just friends. <laughs> It wasn't like that. It's fun to think about. I mean, this is fucking, I'm sorry, but like two ladies having sex and one of them goes to see this person that she was really close with and they just leave it up to leave it up to our imaginations. You know, even if we're wrong, we want to, it's jealousy. Because even in, even if they were just friends, this jealousy could, does and could exist. But I just want it to be a little ambiguous. Not so much to ask. Incredible timing uh, by Minion Z arriving now to say that a new witch queen is in town and she has resurrected Spike. And do you know what Drusilla says? She says, my lovely man. Twice she calls Spike her lovely man. Her lovely man. Oh, that's good. What do you think about this, Jenny? Well, I can't imagine... Drusilla saying my lovely man before now. And however, now, uh-huh. after being entangled in a what seems like an extremely dramatic roller coaster relationship with a woman, uh, and also being mid fight with said woman, mm-hmm. I could see Drusilla being like, my lovely man (laughs) he's a simple creature uh there's far less you know sort of um lurking below the surface there's uh he feels more sort of um accessible Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fewer question marks more exclamation points my lovely man Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests 
where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Tara's pissed that there's a somebody calling herself the Witch Queen. Oh, um, no, she shall Drus- not tolerate that. Drusilla tries just one little try at, like, well, the three of us, though. And Tara's like, literally, go fuck yourself. No, thank you. I did not sign up for a threesome. Um, listen, Tara didn't. Drusilla did, clearly. Drus- Drusilla's been having threesomes for her whole life. A threesome is yeah, not yeah. even a lot of people for Drusilla. Yeah, yeah. Um... And Drusilla says that if she goes to see this resurrected Spike, she'll see the ghosts and then she'll know. I fucking love Drusilla's lines in this. I I love them. Yeah. What did you think about when I think that Drew says something about Tara being in her way and Tara says, I am your way. Did that uh, ring a bell for you at all? Um, it did ring a bell for me, Jenny, but why don't you, uh, tell those whose bells did not ring, uh, what they should be hearing? Uh, hard to imagine an unrung bell in our listenership, but of course in season seven, Kennedy says during a romantic moment with Willow, now you're my way. Hmm. Hmm. You know, uh, do we feel like this is deliberate? Yes, in I do. Way? Th- I do mm. think it's deliberate, and I um ah mm, you know mm. to- tonally very different. Yes, it, tonally very different. I think it's a play. I think it's an Easter egg. You know, so like mm. here for that, I guess. But I don't need it. I want this to be its own love. I want. I don't. You know. Yeah. What I, mean? I don't need it. Sure. Sure. You know what uh, I need? What do you to need? know if it's really my lovely man. <laughs> All right. Kurgan wants to kill Drusilla and Tara's body. Um, Latoya, Latoya also noted, <laughs> since you've done an impression of Kurgan so many times, uh, Latoya noted that Kurgan's voice sounds like Kakistos. <laughs> Does anyone oh. else agree? Um I just keep imagining Tara's possessed by cloven old Kakistos. Kissing toast. Never forget. I will never forget kissing toast. (laughs) Okay. Dream of it. So Drew leaves to go find Spike and see if this is for real or not. And Tara stays behind uh, and Mr. Pickles is there. And they have a long chat, which is, of course, there to... Give us more information. Tara thinks that Drusilla won't mind when she finds out all of the truths about this Kurgan thing once she can just live a simple life in the sun. That that will sort of distract her from all of the other things like, say, that Kurgan wants to be the god of vampires. Just seems like something Drusilla would be interested in knowing. Yeah, love means a lot to Drusilla, but I think that learning that there's a god of vampires on the scene is going to definitely take precedence. Also, Mr. Pickles thinks Kurgan orchestrated Tara's romance with Drusilla. How about that? But, like, how? Weren't Drusilla and Tara already together before 
she touched the grimoire? No, 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 no. T- uh, Drusilla like tricked Drusilla and Spike. I think tricked Tara into casting from the grimoire by spreading a rumor that the sunlight spell. I think would actually have the opposite effect. Right. Uh, and yeah, then yeah. it was only after that that they had their uh, that they fell yeah, in yeah, love. Yeah. Tara went dark. Spike died. Smoochy smooch. Um, we also get information that Kurgan was a watcher. We didn't and know Romanian. That. Yeah, we didn't know any of this before, right? This feels new and important. I love that he was a watcher. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, very yeah, yeah. cool to the story for me. Great touch. Uh, which means he has watchers' diaries that they reference later. Right. And I, I like, you know, obviously any villain with a good backstory is a much richer villain. So I just think it's very fun to think about Kurgan as this like 19 year, right? He was really young. He was like 19 years old and studying vampires and like how their bodies responded to sunlight. And it just is a very cool. Right now we're getting this like Kurgan possession storyline where it's this demony voice and what have you. But. I think it would be fun to get like the Watcher's Diaries of Kurgan little side episodes, you know, just hear what Kurgan yeah. was doing um, and what he was like before all of this. Um, anyway, Bang interrupts Tara and the monkey um, to say that she actually thinks that Drusilla might get distracted by this new witch. And so if Tara can do the spell, this is her moment and Bang is going to be the tribute. Yeah. Bang is like, I want a life in the sun. Bang also thinks there's like a value to being the first vampire who's able to walk in the sunlight. She's like, let's go do it in the dungeon away from prying eyes with plenty of access to drainable, which is what could go wrong. Cut to the cemetery. The whimsical harpsichord and theremin music cue is back and i was like jonathan's back <laughs> but it's not it's not uh reserved just for jonathan it's just a whimsical cemetery cue and i love it still yes i do too um also never trust a minion when they ask you to do something down in the dungeon come on never trust anyone actually when they ask you to do it down in the dungeon unless you have a safe word yeah i mean Bang has some credibility though, so I can she, see why this happened. She does, but Tara, I feel, is is on shaky ground, and Tara knows she's on shaky ground. And I feel like the wise move here would be to say, bring Althania up here. You know? Don't bring me down there. Just bring Althania up here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But she doesn't do that. Spike getting in, in the cemetery, Spike getting this metal line um that <laughs> keeps himself busy and one of the ways he does is by audiobooks he's gotten really into audiobooks over the past few <laughs> and then it was a very <laughs> fun fun little audio i, I was like plug. waiting for him to be like audible originals yeah <laughs> there's a really cool one about a post-apocalyptic world overrun with vampires called impact winter have you heard it uh, that's what i was hoping for it didn't happen but um but spike and adira are are killing time waiting for this rumor to get back and for it to manifest Drusilla, which it does, the Drusilla and the minions. 
This is cool. Spike and Drusilla, alternate universe Drusilla meeting our universe's Spike is very cool to me. How do you feel about this, Jenny? This felt really exciting. This felt like what the show has been building toward. Like, this feels like, you know? I mean, I wasn't sitting in between Juliet Landau and James Marsters at Comic-Con, like some people on this podcast. Mm -hmm. But I wish I was sitting. I was fucking standing. That was what made it so difficult. They were sitting. I was standing. And my podium could not support my weight. Uh Uh, Uh, Yeah, it's the electricity crackles. The moment these two are together again. And it's cool because... I mean, you know, I guess we don't know how love works across realities. At least I don't. Um, But it does seem like if anyone was going to have a love that lasted, that was the same across realities, it could be these two. Uh, Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm like, uh oh, (laughs) you with us, buddy. You with us? Same. Let's let's listen to it. Let's give uh, let's give you all a little treat for your ears and hear this. Moment that Drusilla and Spike first meet. I mostly feel like I'm dreaming every time I open my eyes. But this, it's dreaming inside a dream, isn't it? If that's your way of saying hello, love, then cheers. You look as lovely as the last time I laid eyes on you. It really is you. They are gonna do it and we all need to get out of the way they're talking about their sense and everyone's breathing real heavy and yeah just all kinds of things that are none of our business drusilla is hungry looking at him (laughs) honestly i think the difference between drusilla and tara and drusilla and spike is that drusilla and spike wouldn't tell the minions to leave (laughs) (laughs) that is so true um, Indira is just like having a blast as the witch queen. Like she's just like saying a bunch of shit, like making fun of the minion for not having a trumpet, like just having a blast. And I'm here for it. Uh, Spike is like yeah, yeah. pipe down, pipe down, <laughs> queen of magic. We, we haven't yet established uh, like the next steps of this plan. And then he, without any warning, without having previously discussed it with Indira at all, Decides that his plan is to actually show Drusilla where the gem of Amara is because he in his brain is like, oh, that's perfect. And then, you know, then if Drusilla knows that we know where that is, then you can tell her that's the secret ingredient. But he hasn't said any of this to Indira and he's been in the fucking tomb with Indira the whole time. Uh, Yeah, he's just been so busy muttering to himself that he (laughs) couldn't share any of this. (laughs) Indira does a pretty good so Indira does a pretty good job of keeping up and Leia does an absolutely stupendous job at giving us Indira trying desperately to keep up like yeah. being unsure <laughs> yeah. but like being like yeah 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 no totally the gem of Amara absolutely that is absolutely what I would like to find in that tomb that you just pointed to it is uh, a gem and no actually a ring of course like sure, you said sure, which sure, is what sure. I meant oh <laughs> yeah. uh, Indira in this universe is me in this podcast trying to keep up with my notes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, so Spike and Indira do their little 
tap dance and and uh, indicate <laughs> that the gem of Amara is right here in the cemetery in a crypt just where it was in the other universe when Spike got it out for himself totally fucking trying uh, to kill Harmony in the process may she rest in peace in I this universe <laughs> and then Spike is like okay all we have to do is convince Drusilla that you can extend the ring's power to every vampire on earth and Indira's like uh yeah that's all we have to do cool pretty incredible that the gem of amara i I believe it like that the gem of amara is just in the same tomb in all universes i mean many things are the same Mm -hmm. ish uh i really like that drusilla has started calling indira kitty cat now just after one meow exchange that was hilarious uh she says come along kitty cat we're going to be very very good friends Drusilla says meow to you. What do you say back? You literally meow, Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else? The only thing to say is meow. Yeah. So this, uh, we cut to the dungeon and I wondered, we talked to Casey uh, about, you know, a lot of sound effects in the show. And if you recall, he said his wife did a lot of very intense screaming uh, for yep. the for the audio and that his son was like, whoa, mom. I'm pretty sure this is the screaming. <laughs> uh, and this is where Tara and Bang do the spell successfully. <gasps> okay, so we find out here you know when you have volunteered to be uh, the subject of an experimental spell that is totally unproven <laughs> and mm-hmm, could mm-hmm. kill you, and then you and the caster decide to just have kind of like a brief little history chat of like what, how we got here. Um, so listen, it will surprise you not at all to learn that Kurgan got addicted to black magic because as we all know, magic is drugs, magic is sex, magic is rock and roll, it's all things to all people. <laughs> Uh, he became obsessed with godhood. As you do. And, um, okay. Kurgan had this problem. He was like, okay, I want to be the god of vampires, but vampires are kind of viewed as night scavengers. How do I elevate them? They need to be able to walk in the day. Why walking in the daylight is revered? Unknown. Uh, seems like being a creature of the night is much cooler than being a creature of the mid-afternoon. That's what somebody, that's what a creature of the mid-afternoon would think. You know, you always want what's on the other side, Jenny. Maybe, yeah. The, the grass is always... The crypt is always... Yeah. Green. The crypt is always greener, like they say. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so, back when Kurgan was a watcher, you know, he did a lot of vampire studying, as we, as we mentioned earlier, and he studied there what... Terror refers to as the vampire's biological clock, which feels like a funny way to talk about this because what she's actually referencing is the body's awareness that it that the sun is up. Right, which doesn't feel like a biological clock, but is that because Mona Lisa Vito stamped her foot so many times on the porch of that cabin and said her biological clock was ticking? Is- well, and I mean, the, who among us can say where exactly the concept of the biological clock and its proverbial ticking came into our sort of cultural consciousness? Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe. 
Because it does feel like a biological clock has something to do with like your the timeline in which you might be able to become pregnant and bear a child more than any other kind of clock. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It feels it feels more like what we're talking about here is sort of a um like a light meter clock. <laughs> You know, yeah, like your like your sleep, like like whatever whatever your sleep cycle, your, cir- your circadian rhythm, your circadian rhythm. Yeah, like did I don't know. Maybe we're just short sighted on what is encompassed inside of a biological clock. But you can let us totally. know. Well, what about a biological compass? Oh, <gasps> I would have loved if she called it a biological compass. <laughs> okay, so but basically, what's at the core of this? <laughs> what we're talking about is. Of the the idea that the vampire's inability to walk in the sun is due directly because of the vampire's body's awareness mm-hmm. of the sunrise, that that awareness changes your flesh and weakens it, allowing the sun to cause the demon inside you to burn. This all feels very complicated. It does. Uh, but the spell turns vampire skin into a shield. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Tara does the spell. Tara does Kurgan the sp- is all. <laughs> okay, except for he literally, when Kurgan comes out, he says one thing, and it's so mote it be. And I'm like, okay, drama. Let's let's dial down Sir? the drama. So mote it be. It reminded me. I think I'd already said in an, in another episode that I'm rewatching Succession, but I, we recently watched the episode where Greg is like on trial, and he's like. <laughs> And so saith, so shall so shall it be, and so it is. You know, like he's like just like saying, <laughs> yeah. saying all these really big words. Oh, really Freemasons bad. end their prayers with the phrase "so mote it be." Oh, okay, then that's fun. I mean, it's fun, honestly, either way. But I'll make less fun of Kurgan for it. Uh, <laughs> so it works, or at least. It very much seems like it works. You know, uh, Bang is in a lot of pain, but then her skin is super tingly and it's and she's not setting on fire like the other minions were. Um, and it seems like Tara did it. But plot twist, Bang's like... Here comes the double cross. Oh, oh, oh. Bang's like, thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> and she's just, like, ever heard of core deal yeah <laughs> who i made a deal <laughs> wow she made a cordelia i haven't slept right in 11 months listen i have and i'm still all i'm up in the sky tara this noted- is, i just want to say julia cho who is the voice of ms bang is ripping it up i said this in the car when i was listening to this episode i was like listen i don't know i'm glad you know it's julia cho because i did not know in the car and i was like whoever this is i love i love her performance and i just love her voice she has a very um enjoyable voice to listen to she also i had to look her up because she reminds me of somebody who's yes all over the simpsons and futurama oh interesting uh disenchantment is is she is that her no i don't think so she Uh, reminded me of someone inside of mike flanagan's shows and i couldn't like put my finger on it but like when every time she talked i was like this is like i feel like i'm watching the fall of the house of usher and i don't know why Mm. (laughs) 
Anyway, Cordelia has made a Delia with Bang. And ah. Bang just like busts on out of there. I lo- fucking honestly love Bang. She's there. She does what she needs to do. She gets it done. And she's like, peace. I can fucking walk in the sunlight. Bye. And Cordelia is there in the dungeon. And she's like, hey, um... I got what I needed, which was access to you. And Bang's like, I got what I needed, which is getting out of Sunnydale. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What is going to happen in the dungeon between Tara and Cordelia? I wish I could say it was going to be sexy. I do not believe it will be. Uh, you know, what is sexy is that all Anya and Anyanka can ever talk about is the song by the Spice Girls, When Two Become One. You know, it's their favorite jam. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> When you crossed into my reality, I felt drawn, dragged by gravity toward you as if we were two halves of one whole and the universe was trying to mend us, rejoin us. Gay. Uh, Yes, this is queer culture. This is fucking gay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's simply no other way to describe it, Kristen. (laughs) There isn't. Um, And basically... Anya tells, what do we call her now? Barking Anyanka. That if she doesn't kill her, that Anya will try to use magic to- Pup Yanka. She tells Pup Yanka. I can't. Barking on- Oh, right. Because barking on Yanka is Jasper in Anyanka's body. Okay. Pup Yanka. Anya tells Pup Yanka that if she will not, if she doesn't kill her, if she promises not to kill her, she will do this magic spell that will hopefully re- reverse bodies and souls, giving us once again Jasper and Danyanka in their proper bodies. The spell calls for Polgara demon blood. What do you think about that? What's a Polgara demon again? Well, it's a swamp monster spike armed uh, demon that uh, Maggie Walsh once sicked upon. Oh, Buffy that's Summers thinking why it would be I an know. easy kill. Wow. Do you think Maggie is a smug bitch monster of death? Without question. Great. Anya, I feel like at this point, perhaps, Anya, you should stop doing magic. Every time you've done magic, things have gone horribly wrong. But she does a spell and she says, Oh, gods, I think I've done this all wrong. And then all we know is that there's a huge explosion that is so loud that from the, like, I guess they're not in the zoo anymore, but they're not at the magic box. Clem they're and like Giles. on their way to the magic box. I think they can see it in the distance. Mm-hmm. There's a big tremor and big kaboom. What do you think happens, Jenny? I'm hoping that Anya, Papianka, and Barking Anyanka will all be fused into one being. Uh-huh. Do you think Spike is going to fall in love with Drusilla and r- sort of like ruin the plan, so to speak? Uh, I'm kind of cons- I'm mildly concerned about it. This was a point in the in my listen. So we listened to the first episode and I think talked about it before I listened to the rest. I think I can't remember, actually. Regardless. There was a moment in the first episode where there were lines about Spike where I was like, ooh, is this series going to 
give us this like switch again where, you know, we started the series Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Spike was clearly evil, but then he got a chip in his head. Was he evil? But then he wanted to get his soul and he got his soul. So he wasn't evil at all. Is it going to like take us on a similar journey where we're like, clearly Spike's not evil and make us doubt that again, the nature Mm. of Spike. Um, And so when I got to this episode and this was happening, I was like, well, shit, maybe I was right. But but as I posited earlier spike equals exclamation point not question mark (laughs) uh jenny what's your favorite sound cue you know my favorite audio situation Mm -hmm. is this kurgan stuff it's freaking me out and it's it's got notes of dead by sunrise It's really cool. It's it's definitely like three or more voices, right? Like there's layered vocals there's happening. Stuff going on. Yeah. I wanted to ask Casey about like plugins and stuff. I don't know if if uh I don't know if people working in um audio fiction uh are using the same plugins that people who are working in like music production are using the like but you've you've sat through me messing around with a lot of plugins and mm-hmm. um i do wonder if i do wonder if um there's some sort of like octave double like octave down doubling thing going on and like uh right there's there's stuff that could be going on that might not even require another vocal you know like you can manipulate a single vocal without having to um, record it and, and like make it feel like more than than one. This is boring. I'm so sorry. I'm saying all of it. How I'm are bored. you? I'm great. Okay. I think that my, I feel like I always go Clem. It's just like Clem's sneeze was very fun. Clem's hairball it really got me in this one. I know it's gross, but like we're here for uh, efficacy and it was effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want him to be okay. Yeah. He just needs to sit still for a little while, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be good. That would be good. Um, well, Jenny, I don't know how you're going to get us from sitting still to sexy town, but good luck. Well, from sitting still to sexy town, uh, let's... <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, squeeze our glutes. Uh, tighten our quads and uh, use the strength of our legs to stand up <laughs> and <laughs> walk to sexy town. It's such a roller coaster, <laughs> which is where the sexual tension awards are. Yay! <laughs> Here I am, squeezing my glutes, ready for some <laughs> noms and slots. Jenny, what do you got? Well, Kristen, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, here's what we have to squeeze into today's slots. This is it. It's over. Am I fired? We're all. We're both fired, actually. <laughs> Where, uh, if you would like to send your resume to hello at bufferingcast.com, <laughs> management are, will be. We are burning it all to the ground and hiring an entirely new staff. <laughs>
mean, slot number one, it's just... It's just excellent. It just feels right. Uh, time, space, the grave, none of it matters. These two belong near each other. Mm -hmm. It's Spike and Drew. And uh, Jenny, I don't know if you even remember this, but you actually made a jingle for Drew and Spike as a pair. I don't remember. <laughs> let's let's play it. Let's remind you. Uh, hit it, bitch from the past. They got a dark and creepy, ghoulish, freaky kind of love. They got a ropes and handcuffs, tortured, bloodlust kind of love. They do, they do. Spike and Drusilla. Okay, in slot number two, which traditionally is a slot that is absolutely none of our business, it's <laughs> Tara and Drusilla. Can't even see them. I guess they're not both Doesn't on look their like knees. anything to me. That wouldn't make any sense, Kristen. I know how sex oh works, God. you guys. Uh, in slot number three. When they were talking about getting on their knees, they just meant like both getting on their knees and kissing, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Just, just a little lower. For for yeah. a change. The spice variety, the spice of life. Yeah. It's slot number three. She beheaded him in one reality. <laughs> Were you going to say will she, will she give him head in this reality? No, Kristen. Why were Absolutely you going? Absolutely not. I was trying to think of any way that I could make somebody think about that without saying it. And okay, it worked but on you. you. Okay. Just an incredibly pregnant pause. Wow. Unfair, Mission accomplished. Rude. It's did... Spike and Cordelia. Fucking, I'm sorry. I didn't say it, just for the record. Jenny said it. She just said it with her mind. <laughs> and in slot number four, trying with all their might to resist the gravitational pull between them. Possibly to little or no effect. We'll see. It's Anya and Anyanka. Remember earlier when you gave me a fuck, Mary kill, and one of the options was my body inhabited by Frank? I just want to make sure that you remember you did that. <laughs> Should we put that in the poll? Uh, no! Fuck no, and don't write in, otherwise, I'll ban you. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Well, the thing is that nothing I say for this entire year counts uh, because I <laughs> I feel like that I have an operational to me because I have to try to manage you. You know, <laughs> I'm unmanageable. <laughs> if you want to vote in our increasingly <laughs> unhinged poll. Please visit bufferingcast.com slash STA. I, Kristen is writing a note off screen and I am concerned that <laughs> it's like when your therapist are about to appear at my house. It's like when your therapist pulls out the pad and pen and you're like, shit. <laughs> uh, I was just writing down the noms because we uh, you you added one that we didn't have. I just want to make sure I have a, a record of it for my yeah, notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you visit bufferingcast.com slash STA, that will direct you to uh, this episode's Sexual Tension Award poll. You can cast your cute little vote. We will 
count it mm-hmm. among many others and uh yeah make make a difference make your I, voice heard I, in this incredibly important <laughs> poll i would like everyone to know just in case you don't participate in the polls uh that the noms from last episode i extrapolated and they were ghost jonathan and spike <laughs> in the cemetery with a pottery wheel Ghost Jonathan sliding a coin up the wall for Spike in the cemetery. Ghost Jonathan saying (laughs) ditto to Spike in the cemetery. And Spike kissing Whoopi Goldberg, but actually it is Jonathan in the cemetery. (laughs) I'm really proud of myself. Um, I love it. The pottery wheel is winning right now with 57% of the vote. Congrats, pottery wheel. Long may you reign. Well, beautiful friends, as much as Kristen may wish it were not so, I am Jenny Owen Youngs. <laughs> and when we are not podcasting, I am usually making music. I put out two records this year. One is called Off Air from the Forest Floor, and it's an instrumental album. And the other is called Avalanche. It's just an album full of uh, songs about my little feelings. And you can listen to them wherever you listen to music. You know what else you could do? A week from today. On December 14th, I will be playing my annual Tidings of Comfort and J-O-Y holiday concert stream. If you go to JennyOwenYoungs.com, you can find information, get a ticket, join me. I've got a Frank Cam. It's a really good time every year. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love the holidays. I love spreading the good news about Verses two, three, and four of Jingle Bells, among other things. Uh, consider joining me and also consider uh, giving me a shout on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at Jenny Owen Youngs. You know, Jenny, I don't know if you know this, but you know the little marshmallows uh, that are dandies, the vegan marshmallows? Oh, yeah. We found mini dandies that are peppermint, and <gasps> they're so good. If you can find some, you should get them for your holiday show and drink them yes. in your cocoa, which I'm sure you'll be drinking so. Yes. Yes. My name is Kristen Russo. When I'm not telling Jenny about the marshmallows she should get to ring in the holidays, I am usually working with and for LGBTQ folks. You can learn about that on my website, kristenoline.com. Find me using that spelling of my first and middle name on socials. Um, And when I'm not doing one of those two things, I'm usually trying to get the image of my own body possessed by the spirit of Jenny's dog out of my mind. Hell yes! Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. You could drop us an email at hello at BufferingCast.com. I just thought, like, I don't know, Frank does get so excited when you throw a stick, and, like, that kind of joy really does seem quite not. Maybe like, maybe I should strive for this. <laughs> oh, the joy of dogs is yeah. nearly, nearly inaccessible to us, but yeah. uh, a great goal to reach for. Yeah. Uh, Hey, if you want to support us in our quest to uh, feel the joy that is inside of dogs, uh, you can support our work. No? No, no, no. no. Keep going. Keep going. Sorry. Support us. You can support us on Patreon. uh, Patreon.com slash BufferingCast. Uh, We just started, actually yesterday, uh, hopefully, if I did my work, we released our our podcast on Spike, all of our (gasps) Spike feelings, wrapping up (laughs) Pumpkin Spike Autumn. (laughs) 
Which means we are now officially across the threshold and into want take winter, where we will be rolling around in all of the faith, Lahane, our hearts can hold uh, for the next three months. Jenny is using her two pointer fingers, also known as index fingers, and hooking them together and trying to pull them apart, but they won't come apart because they love each other so much. <laughs> well said. This episode. <laughs> Everyone is like, please don't mention us, actually. Latoya and John Mark and Mac are like, leave our names out of your mouth, actually. <laughs> this episode was produced by Kristen Russo, Jenny Owen Youngs, and our beloved Latoya Ferguson with support from our incredible consultant, Mackenzie McDade. It was edited by the undefeated champion, <laughs> John Mark Nelson. <laughs> Until and next time. I almost barked like a dog and I couldn't bring myself to do it. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.